Bibles, and I hope you do, that you will turn with me to the book of Psalms. So we, uh, you can uh, quit turning to Obadiah, now turn to the book of Psalms. And right there in the middle of your Bible, so it's pretty easy to find, just open it up there. And we're going to start a new study uh, that's going to take us right up to the World Outreach Celebration, which will be here before you know it. So you want to uh, be ready for that last week in October. And it's called Hallelujah, Called to Praise the Lord. And uh, we're going to study the last five books of the book of Psalms. They are the climax to the book of Psalms. And we've done different Psalms. We've done a study of 103. We've done studies of portions of 119. And we also did an extended study of the Psalms of Ascent. And you can go online at wearelifebridge.com and and find that study, Journey to Joy, further up and further in. That was Psalms 120 to 134. Well, this study is going to be on Psalms 146 to 150. And they are truly the climax of the book of Psalms. Now, Psalms is a great book, amen? And many of us have a favorite psalm. So turn to your neighbor and share with them what your favorite psalm is. All right, sounds good. What are, just shout out, what are some of the ones you heard? 23. 23. How many, that's your favorite? It's a lot. Yeah, what else? What else? 100. 100, yeah, that's, that's one of my favorites, yeah. 119. Randy wants the longest chapter in the Bible. You do too, 119, yeah, great. What else? Over here. 34. 34, Psalm several, okay, great. Mine is 103. I love Psalm 103. And, of course, so many of them. And typically, whatever psalm you're studying is going to be something that ministers to you at that time. Uh, In fact, you could say, you know, when they publish books, they'll get people's comments and recommendations. Well, you have no end of them if you were publishing a book on the book of Psalms. President Abraham Lincoln said this, confiding to a friend, They are the best. I find something in them for every day of the year. Uh, Reformer Martin Luther said this, You may rightly call the Psalter a Bible in miniature, in which all things which are set forth more at length in the rest of the Scriptures are collected into a beautiful manual of wonderful and attractive brevity. The Bible in miniature. Uh, My former professor of Hebrew at Dallas Seminary, Alan Ross, really catches it when he says this. It's impossible to express adequately the value of the book of Psalms to the household of faith. For approximately 3,000 years, Psalms have been at the heart of the spiritual life of the people of God. The array of prayers, praises, hymns, meditations, and liturgies in the collection cover all aspects of living for God in a world that is antagonistic to the faith. They have always been important for the expression of the faith, both privately and corporately. And that's one thing you want to realize about the Psalms, is that some are individual, some are corporate, some begin individual and then become corporate. There's always this interchange between the individual and the community of faith. If you want more fascinating features of the book of Psalms. You have that handout there and you can just give you more insight into the Psalms that will help you understand them. 
So here's what I want to do is since these psalms are the climax of the book, for this week and next week, I want to do an overview of the whole book, the whole book of psalms. And we've gone through our favorite individual psalms, and that's typically how people approach the psalms is individually. And they pick and they choose and they enjoy. But we want to see the big picture, and we're going to do that today. And so let's start at the widest angle that we could possibly do. Let's look in your notes there. First of all, what is the place of the Psalms in the canonical scriptures? In the 66 books of the Bible that we have as Christians, what's their place? Now, let's begin with the Jewish scriptures. The Jewish scriptures, which they would not call the Old Testament, they would call the Bible, have 24 books of the Bible. And you have a chart here, and they're divided as the law, the prophets, and the writings. That's how they considered the Old Testament. And there's their categories. And what you want to see is they're the same books that we have in our Christian Bible, but they group them so that there's not a first and second Samuel, just Samuel. And Ezra and Nehemiah, where are we at? Ezra, where are they? Help me. Down? Bottom right. Ezra, Nehemiah, one book. And then the 12, boom. Whoosh. So the minor prophets. So this idea of seeing how the Spirit has collected books and put them together. So they don't think of individual minor prophets like Obadiah. They think of the book of the twelve. So you have in your notes, Jesus referred to this Jewish category when he said to them, These are my words which I have spoken to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me... In the law of Moses, the five, the prophets, and he would be thinking of Joshua through this, and the Psalms. And the reason he says the Psalms is because many times in Jewish thought, they would take the first book of a collection. And so he's calling the writings the Psalms because it's the first in the Jewish collection. Right at the beginning here, we see how important the Psalms were to the Jewish believers, okay? It was the heading of their largest portion, the most books of their Bible. And so we see that Psalms was important even to the Jewish uh, believers before the church was created. The Christian Old Testament has 39 books because we separate these books out. And we have them in five categories. And these are all in the back of your notes. You can see these charts. Law, history, poetry, which is equal or similar to the writings and sometimes called the wisdom books. And Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, Song of Solomon, major prophets, and then the minor prophets, the twelve. So there's the placement of the Psalms. So in we're going to approach this from the Christian organization, and see Psalms as one of the five wisdom books. And that's what I want you to see secondly. What is the purpose of the wisdom writing? So what is the purpose of these five books, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon? Note, three of the five are written by who? One author. King Solomon. Solomon wrote Proverbs, 
He wrote Song of Songs and he wrote Ecclesiastes and he wrote one of the Psalms. So Solomon, a man of wisdom, is very much prominent in the books of wisdom. But what is the purpose? What do these wisdom books teach us? They teach us the heart, the heart of a life surrendered to the Lord. For that is the beginning of wisdom. Fearing the Lord is surrendering to the Lord, and it is the heart of a surrendered life. You want to know what the heart of a surrendered life looks like, feels like, talks like, suffers like, praises like, even lives a married life like? You read the five wisdom books. Um, They are the heart of the Bible, both in their location of your Bible, because they're at the center, but also in the content that they reveal. Um, Wisdom books don't move the story along of God's big story in terms of historical events. They don't give us new revelation. Instead, they call us to do that little word in the Psalms, they call us to sila, to pause and reflect. You're moving through God's big story. You come to the wisdom books and you are asked to pause and reflect. You sit as a sufferer with Job. You dance and be a singer with David. You ponder the meaning of life with Solomon, the teacher. You sit as a son at Solomon's feet to become wise. And you look into the joys of marital intimacy in the Song of Solomon which also give us insight into how Yahweh was a bridegroom of Israel and how Christ is the bride of the church. But what is wisdom? What is wisdom? Well, let me, let me say this. I have this quote in your notes. We cannot pray the Psalms without having our hearts opened, our affections enlarged, our thoughts drawn heavenward. He who can pray them best is nearest to God, knows most of the Spirit of Christ, is ripest for heaven. Oh, that has been proven down through church history. It enlarges your heart and it stirs your affections for God. But what is wisdom? Wisdom is the skill of seeing and then living life from God's perspective. These books, as you sit... And you see law, you pause and you reflect, you begin to see your life from God's perspective. And when you see it, the wise live according to it. And thus in the Psalms, because the Psalms does this, the Psalms give you songs for every season of your life. You look at life from God's perspective and it doesn't matter in this room, I can confidently say whether you're in Ghana picking up fecal matter of monkeys, or if you are here and going through a very difficult time, it doesn't matter where you are in this room, what you're doing, there is a song for your season of life in the book of Psalms. But how do we learn to live life from God's perspective? How do we do this? The wisdom books, every wisdom book tells us this. Song of Solomon is a little weird, but... They all do it. How do we learn to live like this? By fearing the Lord. The fear of the Lord 
is a constant theme that ties all five of the wisdom books together. Notice Proverbs 9.10. I could give you three different verses, but here's the the one I like best. Proverbs (coughs) 9.10. Excuse me. The fear of the Lord is what? The beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Listen, education, school is starting. Education is great. I love learning. I love education. But education is information. It is the fear of the Lord that brings wisdom. You've got to take what you're learning and bring it under submission of the Lord Jesus Christ and His revelation in Scripture and His Son and that information that doesn't align with that, you set that aside. And the information that aligns with it and enlarges and gives insight into the greater truths that are in general revelation, that's how you do it. You bring everything to a focal point on the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice in those other two verses, it says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So when we think of fearing the Lord, it's an old illustration, I always use it, but you think of Aslan the lion in the books of Narnia, who was told he was safe, or he was not safe, but he was good. And that's who the Lord is. That's why we fear him, is because he's a ferocious lion who is holy and majesty and will destroy anything that is unholy. He is not safe. But the good news is he's good, he's gracious, he's merciful. And so when we see this Lord, the promise-keeping God, L-O-R-D, I am, Yahweh, we have a choice. We either run from him to live our own lives, or we run to him in fear of him, asking for forgiveness and receiving the gift of righteousness by grace. It's a beautiful thing, fearing the Lord. We need to talk about it more. Now, what is the fear of the Lord? Because that begs the question. What is the fear of the Lord? I would define it as simple as I can to know God for who he really is and worship him with a faith that obeys. Run to him. You say, but wait a minute. Is he safe? No, he's not safe, but he's good. Run to him. Surrender to him, and he will lift you up, forgive you of your sins, and make you righteous in him. It's worship. Worship with a faith that obeys. And if you take the five books of wisdom, as I've laid them out there for you in your notes, and you look at the verses in these five books that tell you about fearing the Lord, you will learn what it is. And so... This has been very helpful to me, and it's been helpful uh, to others who have commented. Job, the fear of the Lord is to know him more than anything else. You can read all that book, and it comes down to the last chapters, and it's about knowing him. Look up those verses and see if I'm accurate in this. Psalms is to fear the Lord, is to praise him more than anything else. That is so true. Proverbs. To fear the Lord is to trust Him more than anything else. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 really summarizes that. Ecclesiastes. To fear the Lord 
is to obey him more than anything else. Ecclesiastes in the end of the matter is to obey him, fear God and obey him. And then the song of songs, to fear the Lord is to love him more than anything else. Like the bridegroom loves the bride and the bride loves the bridegroom in that book. Bruce Wilkerson has a great definition or summary of of fearing God. To fear God is to stand in awe of his righteousness, majesty and power, and then to trust him by humbly depending on him. That is what the wisdom writings are all about. And Psalms is a part of that wisdom literature. So let's turn to the book of Psalms. And let's ask the question, what is the purpose of the book of Psalms? The purpose of this book, I like to summarize, it's the playlist for living as God's covenant people. It's the playlist of God's covenant people. You know, streaming music now, we used to have cassette tapes, we had CDs, some of you are old enough, LPs, uh, I'm old enough to have them all. But now we stream and you create playlists that reflect your life or a season in your life. Well, this is God's divine playlist for his covenant people. And it's reflected in the Hebrew title of the book. Uh, the, The Jewish title of this book is Book of Praises, which is then shortened to simply Praises. As used in the in the phrase "Praise the Lord," this whole series. So in um, in uh, in Hebrew, this is Hallel, and then the Lord is Yahweh. Hallel, Yahweh. You put those together properly with the proper uh, verbs, and you got Hallelujah. And Yah is just a shortened form of Yahweh. And so the whole Psalm is a book of praises, songs sung to the glory of the Lord. The Greek title reflects this as well. Psalms refers to a song to be sung, often with a musical instrument. And so all of these, many of these psalms, will reference a certain musical instrument. In fact, specific instruments. And some of the psalms themselves will list a whole praise band of instruments, cymbals, lyre, uh, all of these different things, harps. But it basically refers, just like in the Hebrew, to songs of praises. It's the playlist of God's covenant people. Now, in your notes, I gave you all sorts of titles that are used at the heading of various psalms. And so I think there's seven of them there, psalm, song, contemplative poem, inscribed poem, prayer, praise song, love song, lamentation, all of it, all of that. I'm just giving you that so that you can see truly it is a varied and diverse playlist of songs. Just like if I would ask you, uh, show me on your phone what your playlist of songs, there would be various songs and various kinds of songs and probably even various styles. So that raises a question. If this is a playlist, is this book of Psalms like a typical hymnal or a purposeful book? Is it a, like a typical hymnal or a purposeful book? What do I mean? 
it's easy to treat the book of Psalms like, <laughs> I, I would say, a modern hymn book, but then we don't even use hymn books anymore, okay? So, but like, if you would take a hymn book that the church has used, used in the past, it's just all these songs. And you kind of say, turn to a song, you know, uh, one oh, was it, G- Victory in Jesus is, I used to know this, 104 or 106. Anyway, you would know the different hymns by the hymn numbers, right? And you used to be able to just say, you know, turn to 100, and everybody knew which one it was, you know. And it's probably the same way in your playlist. If you have a playlist on a streaming device, then you have all these various songs, and you get to pick and choose the order you put them in, and you can group them the way you want. And that's how we often approach the Psalms. Am I right? I mean, we often think, oh, I want to read my favorite psalm today. So 103, 100, 34, whatever that be. And then we are often taught that the psalms this way through the preaching of the church. So uh, we will do a series of sermons on the psalms. And typically, what will that be? This psalm, and then that psalm, and then another psalm. And it, it, it various psalms that we often look at as, what do they say to me? Okay, all of that is not wrong. I'm not saying any of that's wrong, and it's good, and the, the church down through history has done it. You've done it, I've done it, and it's okay to teach that way, topically, through the Psalms. But the church down through the ages has also looked at them in a very different way in a collection of Psalms that form one book. Does that help? So, like when we went through the Psalms of Ascent, that is a collection within the collection that was grouped by the Holy Spirit through David's worship leaders to form worship. And so we saw them as a collection. Well, what we're going to be studying, the Hallelujah Psalms, the 146 to 150, are a collection that was put together for a purpose. But I want to say to you, that the book of Psalms is much more than a random collection of a bunch of praise songs. The book of Psalms is the spirit-inspired playlist for living as God's covenant people under Christ the King. And I word <coughs> excuse me, I word it that way for intentionally, because the Holy Spirit. If you read in the Old Testament, who inspired these singers? Who inspired David? Who inspired the instrumentalists? It's the Spirit moving among these people, creating this divine playlist in the Scripture for living as God's covenant people, Yahweh, God the Father, under Christ the King. There's a Trinitarian shape to the book of Psalms because there's a Trinitarian shape to the entire Bible, and to our God. So that's what, the, what it is. That's the purpose of the Psalms. So let's look at this playlist for covenant living. Let's look at the collection as a whole. And I want you to see here, there's an introduction to the book of Psalms. There's an organization to the book of Psalms. And there is a conclusion to that book. So let's take a look at it. When you look at the Psalms, they're not 
arranged chronologically, like the first one. Like, for instance, the oldest psalm was, is written by Moses. Okay? It's not Psalm 1, and then you go to the last psalm about the exile. It's not chronological. It's not topical. So like one of the, the, the most common psalm in the Bible, type of psalm, is the lament. And yet you don't have all the laments together. Because you, you get so depressed, you would never leave your home again if you read all those together. And what's interesting about this, the laments, the laments are in every section of the psalms until you get to the end. No lament in these last five songs that we're going to... So there's a purpose to it, but it's not topical. It's not chronological. So what is it? Let's look at the introduction. So there is an introduction. And the introduction to the book of Psalms is Psalms 1 and 2. And here's what they do. They present three main themes in the book of Psalms. So Psalms 1 and 2... Just like any good introduction tells you, this is what the playlist of God is about. So, Psalm 1. Turn, look at your Bibles there at Psalm 1. And the first thing you see is verse 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its life does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so. And he talks about the wicked and the righteous. And when you read Psalm 1, you don't have to be much of a Bible scholar to say, this sounds like a proverb. This is wisdom. This is a wisdom psalm. So notice, Psalm 1 tells us right off the bat that one of the purpose of, of psalms is to live wisely according to Yahweh's Torah, according to the instruction, the Old Testament books of the Bible. Live wisely, meditating on it day and night. Don't be like the fool. Don't be like the wicked. Instead, live wisely. It summarizes it by saying this. Blessed is the man or woman who meditates endlessly on the law of the Lord. First theme. Second theme is this. Wait patiently for Yahweh's king. He is coming. Wait patiently for Yahweh's king. As we move into Psalm 2, notice that both these psalms... There's no author listed, and there's no, no uh, superscription, no introduction to them. They are tied together. Notice verse, uh, Psalm 2. Why are the nations in uproar, and the peoples devising vain things? The kings of the earth take their stand. Whoop, don't stand in the path of the sinners. They take their stand, and the rulers take counsel together, being wise in their own eyes. Against the Lord and against his anointed, the Lord and his chosen king. Let us tear their fetters and cast away their cords. And you know what happens in verse 4? He who sits in the heavens. <laughs> he laughs. <coughs> Not good when you have a cough. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger 
And he talks about installing his king. Look at verse 7. I will surely tell you the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance. And the very ends of the earth as your possession. Ding, 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 ding. Possession, Obadiah. Remember what we learned? Possession means conquest and claiming your kingdom inheritance. So what's he saying? Ask of me, son, and I will make you king over the earth, and you will conquer the wicked, and you will claim your inheritance as the rightful king. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like cheap clay earthenware. Verse 10 through 12. Now therefore, O kings, show discernment. In other words, be wise. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. You could write over that, fear the Lord. That's what he's saying. Do homage to the Son that he not become angry and you perish in the way for his wrath may soon be kindled. And then look how it ends. How blessed are all who take refuge in Him. Look at verse 1 of Psalm 1, verse 12 of Psalm 2, and they form a bracket together. And so you have these two principles. Live wisely according to Yahweh's word. Wait patiently for Yahweh's king. But there's a third theme that ties these together. And it's this, worship daily before Yahweh, the triune God. Worship daily, that fear of the Lord theme. So those who live wisely will fear the Lord, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And those that live wisely and worship daily will wait patiently, for the Father has begotten His only Son, and His Son will send His Spirit. Oh, there's so much here. I mean, in in your notes it says, The triune God who is ruler, creator, redeemer, and promise keeper. I picked those words for a reason. Because as you go through the book of Psalms, God is praised as the sovereign, eternal king over all the earth from the before time to time everlasting. And that ruler is the one who through his word spoke all of creation. And the creation is the theme all the way through the Psalms. And that creator became a redeemer or is a redeemer when his creation rebelled and he revealed himself as Yahweh, the Lord, the redeemer. And then that redeemer is a promise keeper, a promise keeper who you'll see throughout the Psalms, the Hebrew word hesed, which means loving kindness. How many of you have seen that in the Psalms? Loving kindness is typically loyal love, covenant faithfulness. It means that even when his people stray, even when they forget him, even when they sin against him, He will remain faithful to His covenant and He will redeem, discipline, and restore His people. So these are the three themes. How do you tie that together?
together, Chris, here's how I would do it. The big idea, tying that together, the Psalms are a playlist of spirit-filled praises, prayers, and promises that are to be sung in every season of life. Every season of life as we daily worship, not just Sunday. Listen, if the only time you think of the Lord, the only time you pray, the only time you open your Bible is Sunday, you, you don't know Him like you need to know Him. Daily worship, our triune God. And why do we do that? So that we can live wisely, wait patiently until His Son, the King, comes with His kingdom. That is the introduction to the entire book of Psalms. Let's look at the organization. What's the organization of the book? (coughs) Now, this we'll get into next week and break it down. But the organization is Psalms 3 through 145. That's the body of the work. It provides the playlist in five books. And so you have book one, book two, book three. Now, you might be saying, now, Chris, you just come up with this stuff because you uh, have this time to just think this way. And that's not true. Because if you'll open your English Bibles and pay attention to what's in there, You'll see at the beginning of Psalm 1 as the introduction, it will say in almost all your Bibles, book 1. And if you look at Psalm 42, it will say before Psalm 42, book 2. And before Psalm 73, book 3. So I'm not just, you know, I like making charts, as you know. But it's because it's there, okay? It's there. And when you come to Psalm 145... It moves into the last five psalms, which begin and end with hallelujah. They literally begin with praise the Lord and end with praise the Lord. And they do this five times, five times. Pretty cool. That's the conclusion. But here's what I want to say. As you go through this, you have songs for every season of life. Mountain highs, valley lows. You will hear the tears of lament and the tears of thanksgiving. You will hear about history past, in in eternity past, history present, and history future into eternity. You will hear songs of redemption, and there are songs of wrath on the wicked. You will hear songs that will cause you to rise up and worship, and songs... To march off to war to. I mean, it's just every season of life. And that's why I gave you the lyrics to Blessed Be Your Name there uh, on your table. Because every time we sing this song, it's one of my favorite songs. And it's rooted in the book of Job, wisdom book. But it really captures the playlist of the Psalms. And I won't take time to read these lyrics. But I just love it because it takes you to the mountain highs when all of life is as it should be. I will praise you. And then it takes you to the valley lows when it's a desert. Still, I will praise you. And then it says, every blessing you pour out, I will turn back to you in praise. And that is the essence of the Psalms. And that's what we ought to be doing throughout our daily living. And that brings us to the conclusion 
of the Psalms. Psalms 146 to 50 present the glorious conclusion with these fivefold hallelujah doxology. Each song begins and ends with hallelujah, literally praise the Lord. Now, what does this playlist look like? What I want to do for our remaining time is to give you a, if, if you, how many of you use Spotify? I'm probably talking to the wrong generation, maybe. So you use Spotify. So you go to Spotify, and I don't even know how it works, but I use it. And you go to Spotify, and you get, if you try someone's playlist, it's like they give you 10 seconds of the song, which is like really irritating to me. I don't even know how it works or why it works that way, but sometimes I get stuck. I can never play the whole song. You just get 10 second snippets of these 12 songs. Well, that's what we're going to do now for the rest of our time. We're going to take the spirit-filled Spotify playlist of the Psalms, and I'm going to show you 12 different kinds of Psalms. And people have different categories for these, and they can be as simple as three different kinds, seven different, five, seven, ten. This 12 is probably the most complete. So let's look at it. What does the playlist of the Psalms look like? Well, (coughs) I have it laid out for you in the notes. Obviously, there should be praise songs. Okay, that's that's like the praise psalms. And someone said Psalm 100. Was that you, Kathy, that said your favorite? Who said Psalm? uh, Denise. Psalm 100 is a classic praise psalm. Short, beautiful, beautiful. I, I, I love that psalm. It's, it's actually also a Thanksgiving psalm, but it works. Number two, but do you realize the most prominent song, type of song in God's playlist is not praising, it's lamenting. Why? Because we're in this fallen world and we're waiting for the coming king. And so most of the songs are lamenting songs, songs that lament the destructiveness of sin in others and our world. And these are the songs that begin with question. You always know a lament when it begins with why. Why, O oh Lord? How long, O oh Lord? When, O oh Lord? <coughs> Excuse me, are you going to come? Turn to Psalm 13. Psalm 13 is a great example of a lament. Look at Psalm 13. 13, what says, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart? There's that heart aspect all the day. How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Enlighten my eyes. Or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my adversary will rejoice when I am shaken. But I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Uh, In the past, I've preached a, 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 a sermon on what the laments are. You can look at that on our website. Great Great example there. Number two, there's not just lamenting, there's songs of repenting. These are called the penitential psalms. 
And they are songs repenting of the destructiveness of sin, not in others, but in my own heart, okay? And two of the most famous penitential psalms are probably ones that you've heard preached more than any others, Psalm 32 and Psalm 51. And what are those two psalms about? They're about David's sin. In Psalm 51, he confesses, asking for forgiveness. In Psalm 32, he rejoices in the cleansing of forgiveness. And those are two great examples. But there's also number four in the playlist, venting. Songs that are venting over injustice in the world. These are called the imprecatory psalms. And uh, one of these days we need to do a study of those because they cause a lot of confusion in unbelievers and even believers because they basically, often David is just calling down the wrath of God on his enemies. But we have a just God. And wrath is an appropriate prayer of God's people. And in Revelation, it's an appropriate praise for God's people when justice finally comes. Revelation 6 is an eye-opener on that. Number five, since it's wisdom literature, there's songs about fearing Yahweh to gain wisdom. And we just already read one of those. Psalm 1 is a wisdom psalm. And then that leads to number six. There's songs about submitting before Yahweh and His Son, the King. And some of them are about the divine king, the eternal king of God, the eternal kingdom of God. Some are about the Davidic king, David, and his earthly sons. And others point forward to the divine Davidic king, the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. We've already read one of these, Psalm 2. So you see how Psalm 1, Wisdom Psalm, Psalm 2, a royal psalm, tie the psalms together. And then seven, there's songs of your learning Yahweh's instruction and ways. These are called teaching psalms. And Randy's favorite, Psalm 119, is the classic teaching psalm. Taught by a teacher, longest chapter in the Bible. Figure it out. Um, number eight, <clears throat> We won't read Psalm 119. Sorry, Randy. That, I know, I know. Number eight, remembering. There's songs of remembering. Remembering redemptive history and Yahweh's mighty acts. And the Psalms of Ascent, while there are all these different kinds of psalms in those Psalms of Ascent, they're meant to be sung as God's people made pilgrimage to the temple Remembering the goodness of God in His people. But the classic remembering psalm or song is Psalm 136. You know why? Anybody know Psalm 136? What's repeated? Say it again. His steadfast love endures forever. In the New American Standard, His loving kindness is everlasting. Same idea. 26 verses. Every verse repeats something in Israel history. And every verse repeats the refrain, His loving kindness is everlasting. His steadfast love endures forever. 
9, there's thanksgiving psalms. And that's actually what Psalm 100 is. These are not just praise in general. These are what the song, Blessed Be Your Name, aptly defined as, Every blessing you pour out, I will turn back to you in praise. So it's specific. Specific. Lord, you did this. And it reflects your glory, your grace, your majesty, your mercy. I praise you for this because it reflects who you are. Ten, marveling at the glory of the Creator. These are called creation psalms. And one of the five we're going to study is probably the purest, clearest creation psalm. It's Psalm 148. Stick around. You'll see why. Eleven, trusting. There are psalms that are simply saying, Lord, I trust you no matter what. Lord, I trust you no matter what. Great examples is Psalm 23. Why do people like that psalm? It's a, it's, a, it's a psalm of confidence. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He brings me to the living waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That just exudes with confidence. And finally, there is the celebrating songs with the repeated alleluias. And we'll talk more about those. And that's what this series is focused on. So I end with this. What is on your playlist? What is on your playlist? And I'm talking your literal playlist, but also the playlist of your soul. Are you with me? In other words... What intake are you taking? And I would say to you, they should include all 12 of these ideas. It is appropriate to play lament when you are suffering. And it is appropriate to anticipate the downfall of the wicked. It is all of these, these are the seasons. But I ask you, What do you sing in your heart? What springs out of your heart during the week? Is it these kinds of themes and these kinds of songs? What are the melodies you meditate on? What are the spiritual rhythms you live by? And if we had time, I could take you through the entire life of Christ and show you all 12 of these themes in his life and you know what's cool about that is when you trace through his life he literally sings some of these songs on the cross my god my god why have you forsaken me he sings the song of lament and then when he establishes his his and and, uh, proclaims his kingship he quotes psalm 110 What I'm saying is, and and, and do you know he gave thanks before every meal? And he gave thanks before the Lord. He just, all of these songs are played in the life of the one, get this, who fulfilled them all. 
And, you know, we talk about the imprecatory psalms. How that's not, you know, if that's God, I don't want anything to do with him. But do you realize that Jesus Christ, as God, took on the imprecatory psalms? He took on the wrath of God as a sinless substitute in your place and in mine. He fulfills all the psalms. And all the psalms point to him, picture him, and promise him. Because it's the spirit-filled playlist of God's people. Hey, if you're stuck, and you... Now, I, 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 I confess I do this. And Dana's been in the office, worked in the office and knows. I will play one song on repeat the entire day. <laughs> yeah, I will play one song on repeat the entire day. I typically do that. Then I'll move on to another one. That's okay. But you know what happens sometimes? We get stuck in the songs that we're listening to is just all lament. And like I said, you'll never come out of your house. (laughs) And some, it's all praise. And they never are honest or transparent enough to say, I hurt. And I'm wondering, where is God in this? So, if you're weak on this, and I think if we were all honest, we'd say, we're all weak in these areas. we got to be in this book. Amen? And you know what? You can read one psalm a day, get done in 150 days. You can read five a day, and you'll get done in a month. And you can take any month, any day of the month, times by five, subtract four, and that will give you the five psalms for that day. So you could start today. All right? So there's all sorts of ways. Next week, we're going to look at the five books and look at how they're tied together. And then after uh, Labor Day, we will come to the five hallelujah psalms. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, how cool is it that singing, songs, instruments, arts, they're all within your creation they're they're a part of your book and again we thank you for emily's deep dive into science and creation is all under your rule all of this lord reflects who you are but lord there's a song for every season and lord may we sing the songs of the spirit inspired playlist and deepen 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 our fear of you in our worship of you through your son, Jesus Christ. In his name, we say hallelujah. And all God's people said, amen.